light of the world. And here's what the innkeeper had to say. Light of the world. Well, I guess that's what he came to be called later. In fact, he called himself that, I heard. But I didn't know that was happening that night. I always feel like I have to defend myself. But what did I really do wrong? You see, I wasn't there. I'm talked about all the time, all that old, mean old innkeeper. I'm not specifically mentioned in the scripture at the birth of Jesus. The only place an innkeeper is mentioned is in the parable of the Good Samaritan. You might not know what it's like running an inn. There are a million things to do, and each thing like a tree to be cut down. I lived in a forest of these trees, making sure the rooms were ready, paying my bills, making sure guests paid their bills, ordering supplies, tending to the animals. I had to keep chopping wood, keeping the fireplace going. When the fire goes out, things get cold fast, especially the heart. Sure, I remember the couple coming into town. He looked worried, and she looked tired. She looked tired carrying her burden, but her face looked so pure. I couldn't get it out of my mind. And did I say her burden? It, it appeared as though she was carrying a privilege, an honor, so young and so innocent, yet so confident and so tired. I didn't turn them away. Mary and Joseph stayed with his family. And don't be startled, I say, stay with his family. Jews, if nothing else, are some of the most hospitable people in the world. They are commanded by God to be so, both in Deuteronomy 10.19 and Leviticus 19.33. Those scriptures are about how to treat strangers. Family would get even better treatment. Joseph's extended family would have been mortified to have him staying at an inn. The confusion has come about due to a translation of the Greek word katalama, which means a place of rest, usually a guest room. Remember the story that Jesus told about the Good Samaritan where a man was robbed and stripped and beaten and left half dead? Then a priest and a Levite came along, and neither one did anything to help the poor man. And then a Samaritan came along. And what did the Samaritan do with the man who was half dead? It says, He went to him, bandaged his wounds, pouring on oil and wine, and then he put the man on, a, on his own donkey and brought him to an inn to take care of him. The word there for in is penduchion. Now remember when Jesus sent his disciples ahead to prepare for the Passover. And in Luke 22 we read, Jesus sent Peter and John saying, Go and make preparations for us to eat the Passover. Where do you want us to prepare it, they asked. He said, As you enter the city, a man carrying a jar will meet you. Follow him to the house that he enters and say to the owner of the house, Where is the guest room where I may eat the Passover with my disciples? So Jesus tells them, say to the owner of the house, where is the katalama, the guest room, where I may eat the Passover? And this brings us to Luke 2, 7. She gave birth to her firstborn son. She wrapped him in swaddling clothes and laid him in a manger because there was no room for them in the inn. So now the big reveal. Which Greek word was used for inn? And there it is, katalama or guest room. If I could just get my hands on those translators who have given me a bad name, okay, it's Christmas, I choose forgiveness. But Mary and Joseph stayed with family, most likely Joseph's family. That the baby was placed in a manger tells me the family they were with wasn't particularly rich or poor, but common folk. Now look, I'm not trying to destroy your image of Christmas or the birth of Jesus. I'm just shedding some light on what more likely happened. In fact, I think it's a better story. 
that the light of the world, the Son of God, the Savior who came to restore us to God's family, was born among his own family. The owner of the home would have not have considered asking those to whom they've already given the catalama or guest room to move out, and Joseph and Mary would have been mortified. Better to be in the main room anyway, where there would be more space for the other women in the village to come and go to help her. You know, the women who had been trained in new stuff. That's the last time, I promise. <laughs> so please stop thinking poorly of the old innkeeper. Better you should feel sorry for the innkeepers. I was there somewhere nearby, but I wasn't there. I missed him. Pray for the innkeeper, for those who keep things in who hide from the light, who hold on to their pain and their shame and their anger and their resentment and their misery, who hide among a forest of trees of things to do and places to go and never learn how to be. You know, every person who became a king started out as a child. Only one person started out as a king and became a child. You search forever for the love of your life. When the love of my life came near... I missed him. Pray for the innkeeper and have a blessed Christmas. Well, the innkeeper told us something profound. Jesus started out as a king and became a child. Perhaps he was setting an example for us. He was giving us a clue about a mystery. In Matthew 18, we read that Jesus invited a little child to stand among them and said, Truly I tell you, unless you change and become like little children, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. Therefore, whoever humbles himself like this little child is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. In the time of Jesus, children were considered insignificant in Jewish custom, at least until about the age of 12. And well, the Jewish men, I should say, saw them that way. That was due in part to the child being unable to contribute to the family business or the family income. The humbleness of a child, to which Jesus is referring, came from the way they were raised as being insignificant. Of course, another characteristic of children is the simplicity of their thinking. You never see too many children trapped in a process of overthinking or overanalyzing things, do you? Some of us adults are really good at that, aren't we? Children also trust easily. They don't question everything. They don't ask for proof or evidence. They're teachable. At a certain age, a child becomes uncomfortable being separated from its parents. As they get older, they can't seem to wait to be able to get away from their parents. Oh, to be like a child and become uncomfortable with being away from Jesus. This is a mark of spiritual growth, to be uncomfortable being out of touch with God. In the same way Jesus elevated the position of people of other races, like the Samaritans, and of women who were also considered to be less, he also elevated the position of children. Our Savior humbled himself and became a child to make a way for us to be reunited with our Heavenly Father. Our King became a baby, a child. Children have an advantage over adults, don't they? They are not innkeepers. They don't keep things in. We hear them even now. They just express themselves. It's the children who teach us through their innocence. They teach us to come to God and let it all out. Be completely open and honest with him. And then, like a child, listen to what God has to say to you and trust what he's saying. 
When you look at a child, you're looking at the face of God. Watch them during this season. Watch the delight in their eyes and the joy in their faces. Because this is how Jesus is also looking at you. He delights in you. He takes joy in you. You mean everything to him. Many of us adults have come to see Christmas as a time just for the children. If you think that, you are correct. I would also encourage you to see that we are also children of God. Enjoy a childlike faith this season and have fun. And make time to just relax with friends and family, remembering God has made all of this possible.